all, you can't really talk about the early second wave of the women's movement without talking about This is a WLRN extended interview. Greetings. Welcome to WLRN. The following interview is with Anne Menashe, a civil rights lawyer from San Diego, California, and member of Feminists in Struggle, or FIST. On October 19th, FIST released its campaign for feminist amendments to the Federal Equality Act. I got to talk with Anne via Skype to get the details of the campaign and her take on current legislative issues surrounding gender identity and the rights and protections of girls and women. Thanks for tuning in. We uh, launched a campaign to support feminist amendments to the Equality Act. Uh, we think the current Equality Act has good points and very bad points, and we think it's much better to amend it uh, and to protect everyone's rights rather than to defeat it. And so we are fighting for uh, our amendments that would protect gay and lesbian rights would protect women's spaces, uh, women's programs, feminist programs, uh, affirmative action, uh, and also the uh, all gender nonconforming people would be protected whether they identify as transgender or not. So it's actually more protection for gender nonconformity than in the original bill, but it preserves women's rights, sex-based rights, uh, ends the merging of um, sex and gender identity, which exists in the current bill that is very toxic to any uh, rights for women and girls. Can you talk about the difference between sex-based rights and gender-based rights and why there's so much confusion about this and how it's playing out in the written law that's you know being created right now? Yeah, well, the current law that uh, passed the House and is pending in the Senate merges sex with gender identity. So that means sex equals any person who says they are whatever sex they say they are, um, which is very dangerous for women because we are pressed based on our physical reality of our, our bodies, of our sex, and how society treats that in a patriarchal society. So we need to be able to organize and fight for us as a sex. And if any man can say he's a, a woman, that uh, undercuts our ability to, to get what we need, whether it's our right to organize, whether it's our rights to uh, privacy uh, and, uh, and safety at better women's shelters and in uh, changing rooms, um, whether it's women's sports teams, whether, all the things that we might need from action programs that we might need to in order to achieve equality, we're not able to do if sex has disappeared. Uh, basically, right. Yeah. And it's so, half but, but, but gender nonconformity rights are based not on sex, but on being gender nonconforming, whether you identify as trans or not. Right. But to, to identify as trans, according to, you know, just what you hear on the internet means that you actually are the other or the opposite sex like the full trans person is somebody who is of the opposite sex even though his or her physical being doesn't reflect that you know and so I just don't understand what gender non-conforming rights are 
okay, compared I'll, to sex-based rights. And if you uh, could okay. sure. talk about yeah, that. We're trying, well, the term we use, actually, and which has been used in, in the courts earlier before, it's sex stereotyping. It's basically the idea that uh, men are supposed to dress and act a certain way, uh, have certain behaviors and certain grooming and certain clothes and certain jobs and, and certain roles in society, and women are supposed to have different clothes and uh, grooming requirements. It's between, uh, it's a, there's a lot of confusion out there. Uh, sex is, is biological sex. That's what it should be, should be referred to. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a, a gender has been used both, this is why it's so confusing, it's been uh, used as a synonym of sex, and it's also been used as uh, to describe the social uh, behaviors and, and presentation that's uh, been connected with sex in our society. So uh, that's why it's completely confusing. What we're doing in, in our amendments is to add protection for sex stereotyping, which means the idea that men have to dress a certain way and act a certain way and have certain kinds of jobs and roles in the world, uh, and women have to do other kinds of jobs and roles in the world, uh, nurturing, et cetera, and have to dress a certain way and act a certain way and have certain interests, not have other interests. So those are sex stereotypes, and they oppress everybody. They oppress women in particular uh, because we're uh, second class in the society. We're subordinate, and our role has is, is about being subordinate, but it affects everybody. It puts everyone in a box, a pink and blue box and we want to get right and i understand that i understand that but i don't understand the legal language and i bet there are listeners that don't either like gender stereotypes what is the difference between a gender stereotype and a sex stereotype that's the same they're the same thing (laughs) okay well (laughs) um I, I, I guess with the transgender identity, as I understand it, and, and you know, non-binary and gen- transgenders have a lot in common, um, but the real trans, the true trans, you know, that people talk about, the real transgender identity is when somebody literally feels that they're in the wrong physical body that there's some kind of mistake and there needs to be a physical intervention to change that person to the opposite sex. And there's this belief that you become the opposite sex or that you can and, you know, on and on. And some some trans ideology takes it as far as to say that transgender people even if they don't have physical interventions, they literally are the opposite sex because they feel it so deeply and they know it so deeply, you know, and I, I just don't see how that, I don't even understand what that category is really. You I, know? I think what they're doing, uh, it's not conscious, is they're substituting a role for sex. There, instead of we're talking, instead we're talking about bi- biological ste- sex, instead of talking about being male or female in the biological sense, they're redefining these terms to be a role. The role for females being femininity, the roles for males being being masculinity, and uh, if you deviate from the role you're supposed to have, then you're not really of that sex. So they're they're merging uh, uh, these definitions and disappearing sex. Uh, from the whole equation. And so then why would we want to write 
protections for this category into the law if the very protections for this category actually disappears sex, you know? Uh, gender identity, using that as a, as a uh, protected class does do that um, and has done that. Uh, but we're not doing that. What we're doing is we're providing protection for everybody uh, against sex stereotyping. So that means gays and lesbians who are who are gender nonconforming by definition uh, and other ways often as well. Lots of other people, feminists, people who who um, uh, don't comply with the, the norms for their sex, the society norms are gender nonconforming, they are protected. So uh, there's no specific protection. um, There's no no class of protection for for transgender people per se. They are protected by this broader category. And that avoids the problem of gender identity, which does swallow up women's rights. You are listening to WLRN. Now I'd like for you to please talk about the Harris case and where FIST, the FIST legal team uh, stands on that. Okay, we have, as a, as a group, FIST has not taken a position on that. I can give you um, my opinion uh, um, on it, but I can't really speak for everybody. <laughs> um, I, th- I think that our position is that he should not have gotten fired. I mean, that's the bottom line. My position, and I think other people in FISC, but we haven't voted on it. Um, I don't think he should not have gotten fired. Uh, there was probably a way to argue that without giving credence to gender identity. I think there could have been uh, a way of doing that, um, but um, unfortunately that was not done uh, when the amicus were submitted by Wolf and taking the side of the employer, which we f- a lot of us do feel uncomfortable with. We not we. It's a difficult situation because everything's kind of mixed up in the court decision. But I think there might might have been a way to tease out gen, um, gender identity away from sex stereotyping and argue that he shouldn't have been fired based on that. And he would be protected under the law we're proposing. He would definitely be protected. But women's rights would also be protected. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like a very tall order in today's <laughs> in today's world. So, yeah, we um, want win-win really. It doesn't mean that uh, transgender activists will like it because they do uh have the premise that they are us and um and they don't want any distinction. They don't want to see themselves as as uh gender nonconforming. But uh I mean, not everyone, but probably a lot of people who, are, who identify as trans would not like this. But the reality is it would protect them from the real discrimination. Uh, and the discrimination really is uh, that they are stepping outside of what's expected of a man and, or a woman. Um, that's mm-hmm. what the issue was. That was the issue with Harris in that he was wearing a dress. He was. He decided, I'm a woman. Of course, a woman is just a role in his mind. <laughs> so I'm a woman. I, now I wear the woman's uniform of uh, a dress and, and heels and a makeup before I wore the men's uniform. If he had said, <laughs> I'm a man and 
I want to wear a dress and he was fired, would that have been a different situation? Well, certainly make it easier to fight for him and be clearer. Um, but and there would be an argument to be made under current law. There would be an argument. There's a kind of a split. We'll see what the, the Supreme Court does. But it's a very conservative Supreme Court. What we really need and we felt we need separate new separate categories to make them stronger and clearer. There has been recognition by the courts of some protection for sex stereotyping, but there's some bad cases uh, where a woman was required to wear makeup and she didn't want to do that and they and the court did not side with her. So we have a mixed record and we want to have clear, broad protection. So we add sex stereotyping as a separate category uh, of protection. We add um, sexual orientation as a separate category of protection from sex. So um, there's no conflation of anything. There's no confusion and there's uh, there's no bad court decisions that that don't cover things that should be covered. So it's very spelled out, very broad uh, protections against uh, sex stereotyping and uh, gay rights, gay and lesbian rights protections right in there as well uh, without eliminating women's rights. And that's really the thing that we wanted to do. We wanted to say, hey, women are still oppressed as a sex. Women and girls were oppressed as a sex. We have a right to programs. We have a right to safety and privacy. Uh, we have a right to organize. We have a right uh, to, you know, programs that help us achieve equality in society. And uh, we don't, we're not going to be disappeared. At the same time, yes, there's some legitimate rights here, and no one should get fired. No man should get fired for wearing a dress. No woman should get fired for wearing a suit and tie or not putting on makeup or not wanting to wear heels. Um, so those are actually important um, rights. The, the gender nonconformity or sex stereotyping rights are important for gays, le gays, lesbians, and bisexuals as well, and lots of feminists, including straight feminists. Uh, it's it's very important to be able to dress how you like and not have to um, act like you're supposed to act as a subordinate female. <laughs> yeah. So what is the plan? How are you going to deliver these proposed amendments to the current writing of the Equality Act to the government? Well, we're, this is a grassroots movement, so we're starting from the bottom. Uh, we are uh, looking for endorsers, um, or both organizational endorsers and individual endorsers, so lots of people can sign on. That will be on our website. Don't think it is yet, um, but um, we're going to be getting some support, as much support as we can. We're going to get start getting some media, as, as much media as we can, and once we have... Uh, uh, as much support as we can, then we will we will approach Congress with this. Now, okay. Yeah. Well, will yeah, there be that, an occasion? Are you building up to a certain occasion, like a Judiciary Committee meeting or something? I don't know. Well, we it's really hard to say at this point. Uh, with um, the current Senate and the current President, this will not become law. However. Uh, if um, the Democrats take over the presidency and the Senate, it very easily can um, can become law. Now, this same type of law is already passed in places like California. So we are fighting a whole ideology here and, and trying to uh, model how 
everyone's rights can be protected without sacrificing women's rights. So that's we're doing more than just addressing Congress, but I think that we will want to address Congress too, and we'll have to see what the timing is going to be. But we're building okay. up. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Anne. This has been really um, an enlightening call for me. So, and Welcome. I'm sure all of our listeners are are learning a lot too. Uh, is there anything else? Is there anything else you'd like to add before uh, we? I want to make sure people know our website, feministstruggle.org, uh, so they can uh, see the uh, feminist amendments there. Uh, that they can uh, see a PowerPoint. That, that was done by, by one of our members um, and a comparison sheet so they can uh, understand what, what we've done with this act. That was an interview I did with Anne Menashe, a civil rights lawyer from San Diego who is a member of Feminists in Struggle, or FIST. If you'd like to learn more about FIST, you can visit their website at feministstruggle.org. Thanks for tuning in to Feminist Community Powered Radio, WLRN. Please listen, like, and share widely as we depend on you, our listeners, to get our grassroots media into the Femisphere. This is Thistle Pedersen signing off for now.